0: Listeners and friends, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective, the side project called Woody Adjacent. I am your host, Donald Wanda, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host with the most, James Daniel Walsh. Sir. Welcome back.
1: Always good to be here.
0: Always a pleasure to have you. On the last episode, we spoke about Chris Walks' top five. Now, James, I've got a little bit of an update for you on that, since mm. we discussed that, movie which again we both really enjoyed i actually watched the saw spiral movie and i finished fargo season four. Oh wow
1: yep okay how were they
0: in quick summary you know what i'm a fan of saw and i think chris rock did a decent job so i thought i was okay fargo is acting i feel the same way i do about top five it's it's good enough It's good enough but the actual storyline in Fargo is is fantastic Fargo never disappoints a great season and if everyone for the Fargo fans out there if you saw the trailer to season four and you thought why the hell are they going back in time and how is this all connected wait till the end credits of the end of season four and then you'll find out how it's tied to all the other seasons but yeah sorry for that little aside yeah Chris Watts career pretty good i think he, i think it should keep working and yeah fargo season four was pretty decent
1: all right I, i'm looking forward to watching it
0: cool but now we're gonna move ahead last time when we finished speaking about top five we already told you guys what we're going to be talking about this time so james if you don't mind would you mind telling the people what golden oldie are we going to be talking about today uh
1: this time we're going to be talking about uh the 1978 film same time next year with. Ellen Burstyn, Alan Alda, and no one else in the cast. <laughs> a uh, a little romantic comedy that started as a stage play and still feels like one as a movie.
0: Definitely. Why don't we play? You know, let's play a retro trailer before we start talking about why I brought this film up for the pickings this time. And I I found the trailer. I think it's delightful, and it really sets the stage for our listeners who have no idea what this movie is if it's too old for some of our younger listeners well take a take a blast back to the past and listen to this trailer to get the idea
2: they have been lovers for over 20 years yet they have really only been together for as many weekends Dorothy in the first place I want you to know that what happened last night was the most beautiful wonderful crazy thing that's ever happened to me and I'll never forget or you Doris they share something special
3: my name is Doris
2: Warm. I think I'm in love with you. And meaningful. We had instant rapport. Did you notice that, too? No, but I know we really hit it off. A one-night stand that may go on forever. Wow! Universal presents Ellen Burstyn and Alan Alda in the same time next year.
4: Okay.
3: But this is the last time.
2: Happy anniversary, darling.
0: Ah, man. There's so much I want to say about this film. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I find it on a whole to be kind of quite a delightful movie, as you said, based off a plane, based off a play. In regards to Woody Allen, there's so much things I want to draw to, especially in another clip we're gonna play. But I enjoyed the movie. Um, I enjoyed it when I watched it about what 15 years ago. Rewatching it now, there's definitely a lot of cracks that I want to bring up. But I still think it's a delightful movie on a whole and i know hollywood have been trying to reboot this movie for at least 20 years if you go on imdb you can see how much actors have come and gone and come and gone and yeah so before i go a little bit more into it james how do you feel about this movie and why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with this movie
1: well i actually haven't seen it for about 15 years either I didn't know this movie existed. An ex-girlfriend uh, really liked it, and I bought it for her for her birthday, and that was the first time I ever watched it. There, there's elements to it that really stuck with me all this time, even though I, I'd never rewatched it again. There was stuff that, moments in it that hit really hard, and yeah. uh, and I would find myself thinking about it every now and then. Yeah, but uh, when you brought it up last month it took me a second to go, why does the title sound familiar and when I realized oh 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 yeah <laughs> you know I, I like that movie so yeah I was very pleasantly uh, surprised when you brought it up it, you're right it definitely has some flaws some rather significant
0: flaws <laughs> can I start with um one right off the bat which I think really dates the movie I think the theme song. Oh, God. <laughs> is just really too heavy handed. And it just. The theme song was composed by Paul McCartney. It was performed by Johnny mathes and uh, Jane Oliver. And as soon as the movie starts, it just comes on really heavy. You have the short montage of how these two meet at an inn. And it just overblows you it's like they're just throwing at you dare in love this is the deepest love and i'd really just think it's really it's just way too forced and it does the the theme that song plays throughout the movie especially through the yearly transitions and stuff and i just that's i think this one element really is just doesn't work as well and really ages the movie and it's actually my main gripe with the movie i just think the song choice isn't great it's executed too heavy-handedly and it just it's very corny
1: i i don't like anything about those transitions least of all the song the song is it's not just that it's heavy-handed it's a bad song (laughs) and i mean we'll get into the transitions later on i'm sure but like well i I literally laughed out loud when the song is playing kind of into the last transition and you know they show these little they show photos to show like the passage of time, things that happen in the culture and politics and stuff, and the song is playing and there's C3PO and R2D2, yeah, and I just started laughing, it it was <laughs> it just felt so ridiculous,
4: yeah,
0: it's a shame it's a shame, mm-hmm. but um getting to Alan Alda and um Ellen Burstyn, I think they're great. Now talking about the Woody Allen effect. Now, Alan Alda is already a Woody Allen alumni. He's been in a few of his, you know, most signature movies. Um, I feel like he is that character, that super neurotic character, but I do feel it's different where, I think his neuroticism, neurotic, neurotic, I don't even know how to say this word, <laughs> his yeah. neurosis, or neurosis is just a little bit more aggressive than, than Woody Allen would have played it, but I do feel like I still see that Woody Allen character in there, but maybe the words, the the vocabulary isn't as highfalutin as Woody Allen. But I just feel like, yeah, this this is a Woody Allen type character, really. He's just At times he just seems a little bit more aggressive in his neuroses.
1: Yeah, especially in the beginning. He kind of grows out of it as time goes by, even when there's a, a segment where he you you know he's in analysis and that that's a very Woody Allen thing, but he plays it very kind of zen.
0: Yeah. Instead of how woody
1: plays it, where he's just kind of all over the place, true, but yeah those those early those first few uh segments are are Alan really reminds me a lot of, of woody in that way he's he's neurotic, he's all over the place, he's talking really fast, and yeah uh definitely i I could definitely see like I don't know how Woody and Alan Alda met, but I could definitely see Woody having seen this and saying, I want that guy for one of my movies.
0: Yeah. Ellen Burstyn is fantastic. She won a Golden Globe for this performance. And I guess the only thing that jars me about this on a rewatch is her character development is, I want to call it drastic if you look at it at the way time develops over the movie, which is fine. It just seems like an A to Z. It makes her more interesting in terms of her as an actor, her execution. I think she was absolutely great you know alan Aldo does develop as you said a second uh, especially through the second half more well not more but he becomes more enjoyable and more laid back but there's something you love seeing this transition with ellen burson especially it's that every time you see her she's a a different type of character you know but just looking at it in retrospect watching it a second time it feels kind of like a bit like a cartoon the way her character yeah. changes multiple times and i was just like eh, it's like she's changing clothes which he literally does as well
1: it felt a little like as she got older it felt a little bit more subtle whereas with alan alda you know there's a, there's a segment where he's very buttoned down and he's very you know he's he's uh he's a little bit older he's kind of bitter he's got a suit on his hair combed. he's it's the 60s but he's still very stuck in the 50s yeah and the next scene, he's like a hippie.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: and it, that I hated that entire part. Is that where he had the mustache? That's where he had the mustache. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the jeans on with like a heart on the the back pocket. And,
4: yeah.
1: Um. I just, it was a weird thing because like in the part where he's very buttoned down, she's a hippie, and then in the next segment, he's a hippie and she's more buttoned down. Yeah. And I didn't believe either one of them when they turned into hippies. That just felt like a really, really weird. It, t- it took me, especially when Alan Alda did, it took me out of the movie completely. And I, I just really couldn't stand that whole segment.
0: I tell you what, I, I can't lie. Every rewatch of this movie, when I hear Ellen Burson say, do you want to fuck? It makes me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so extreme and but i love Alan odis um reaction to it, it isn't that like, oh my god uh, uh, he's kind of cool he's just like hmm you know i love his reserved approach at that time because again at that time they're polar opposites which is again very transparent but it's interesting it's a, it's a setup isn't it it's like a comedy duo so i kind of like it but it it just it does bring it does seem a bit forced
1: mhm two middle-aged people suddenly, you know, her, her, it would have made, made be made more sense if at this point in time in her life, she was in her twenties. Yeah. But I think at this point she's supposed to be in her mid forties. And I just didn't, didn't buy it. And then with him, like I said, it just became, you know, he starts, he goes, I I think it's like six years apart uh, each segment. And he goes from, you know suit and tie and you know hating hippies to you know oh, that's that's cool that's far out you know and it's just like no no <laughs> stop this this just this is awful and that would be the to me the weakest moment in the movie is that whole part
0: and now i want to get to the crux of kind of what i'm holding back on which always makes me think about this movie and say to myself I can't believe they're actually trying to make me swallow this as a love story now these two are right from the get-go with the heavy-handed music you know they are infatuated they fall in love they there is a, a passion between them but these two are serial cheaters mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie every error, you just, they feel, they seem to fall more and more in love with each other, even throughout their differences. You know, they go back, they go forward. It's a, it is a beautiful blossoming of a relationship, but you just can't help. And I, I know Alan Alder has a lot of manic episodes about, especially in the first decade, he really, oh, I'm so guilty. We should let me be doing this. And I'll play a clip about that in a minute, but I just, I still can't fathom that. They're actually trying to sell you on them having such a deep love and such emotion for each other every single year while they're having families, while they're cheating on each And it's just like, that's a hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, I do believe they truly deeply love each other, which comes to a head at the end, which I really like. I think the ending is executed quite well. But all through the movie, I just felt to myself, could this ever happen in real life at all? Like these people have their own families, their own husbands and wives, they keep coming back and they keep saying how much they love each other, how they, they get away from their families and, you know, and I don't know, man, it's, it is convincing that they do actually love each other, but every time I think about it, I'm just like, why does this work even? Why should I believe that they really, you know, you what know, all these years, they they just they can just have one day it's a really hard pill to swallow but they pull it off but i just keep on thinking to myself i don't know how they pulled it off because this is ridiculous this whole plot is absolutely ridiculous
1: yeah the, actually the movie that i thought of while i was watching it this time was uh, brokeback mountain
0: interesting interesting
1: two married guys and they're, they're they go off together as often as they can to, to have their affair in that movie, it's a little bit more understandable because there was no way for them to actually be together in a, uh, to like leave their wives and just, you know, live their lives together because at that time they couldn't, you know, they, they there's no way that they could have done that. This one, yeah, this is very, uh, I guess you could also, you could kind of call this a uh, bit of a, a first world problem. Yeah, I have my wife and my family and every year I come and I spend a weekend with this woman and they never seem to be like they're particularly well in, in one very understandable instance for Alan Alda, but they're never particularly miserable with their lives back home. It's not like they hate their spouse. I, I don't think either one of them is in love with their spouse.
0: No, they call they're me.
1: both. They, they have their obligations and, Uh, you know, the idea of divorcing their spouses and and being together never occurs to them until later in the movie. Yeah. So in that way, I mean, I could understand it was a a different time and uh, sort of following your heart wasn't something that was particularly looked upon uh, as being a, a legitimate thing to do. But you're right. There's, you're always thinking about well they're they're poor <laughs> poor spouses back home you know all of this love and affection and passion that they have for each other and they then they go home and it's just the other person gets the leftovers
0: and i do i am convinced they do love each other that's the thing and that's why it bothers me it's like they actually sold this script again based off a play which we'll talk about in a moment as well but when you watch the film especially at the end i'm like i just watched the movie about these two serial cheaters having this deep love for each other. Mm-hmm. And I do believe it's legitimate. I do believe like the chemistry, Ellen Alden and Ellen Burson's chemistry is fine. It's really, it's very believable, more believable as the years go on. But the last shot you see them, you know, sitting on, uh, standing on a, on, um, on a ridge, beautiful sunshine, like any other romantic movie of two lovers getting together, but, they are cheaters it's really surreal and in a way i really commend the movie like wow you guys really sold me i don't think i've ever seen a movie where i am rooting for these you know scumbags really (laughs) but in saying that the movie's funny this is a romantic comedy and let's not skive over the um the the comedic aspect the movie's funny you know it's funny in you know the light woody allen kind of comedy way Alan Alda's neurotic and the situation they get it getting to like at at one point she turns up pregnant which is absolutely ridiculous but they play off it well but it isn't super slapstick and I do feel like it's genuine even when she's pregnant there there's emotion there and that's what carried me through the movie even when they do these things she's a super hippie and now he's all super conservative and they are arguing about the war it is legitimate and it does feel genuine and i do feel like the you know maybe the writer put all these different aspects together but the actors really pull it off and it really makes it enjoyable and i i i laugh and i enjoy the romance and honestly apart from the theme song i'm like this it shouldn't work but i believe these two love each other i don't believe that they could come back every year and have i don't believe they could be that passionate about each other and only see each other once a year that i don't believe at all and that's the only part where i've got to suspend my disbelief but other than that i mean this film is unique in what it's trying to do
1: i think she mentions at one point you know thinking about calling him all the time and but that's why to me i mean this this movie is supposed to be a romantic comedy i don't laugh at it very much and i come away kind of feeling like shit yeah (laughs) like because these two people who are so in love and yet they're kind of just wasting their lives they're kind of just complacent except for this one weekend a year and you just think about maybe it wouldn't work if they had to be with each other every day But the fact that they don't ever even try, and just it's funny, just before we we came on, I pulled up the Wikipedia page so I could just sort of look at stuff. There is a sequel to the play. Yeah. That goes through I think it said it went through the eighties, maybe into the early nineties. And I can't imagine how horribly depressing that thing ends. Mm. Because and we we can get into the ending, you know, later, but it, it just Yeah, you're just watching these two people kind of waste their lives. And it's, I don't find it, even the very ending, which the very ending, you know, again, I won't get into it later, but I'm sure you're supposed to stand up and clap and cheer for it. And instead, I just go, oh, oh, this this is (laughs) bad.
0: Well, like I said, when I see that final clip of them on the cliff, you know, kissing, I'm just like, are they really, I just, I'm in disbelief. I'm honestly like, really? This is their whole life. They actually just committed to this. And I know it's a movie. I know I should suspend my disbelief and then, you know, why am I taking it so seriously? It's just because they're so convincing with the passion they have for each other. That's done so well. It draws you in, in a different way. Let me play this clip that I should have played this earlier because this is like the beginning phases just to show a bit more the comedy before we move into a slightly different realm with this conversation, which I really want to get your opinion on. But let me play this clip for those who might not even want to watch it. This is a taste of the kind of comedy this movie's going
4: for.
2: I tell you, Dars, I feel like slitting my wrists. Are you Italian? What's with you and nationalities? Nothing. You're just so emotional. I happen to be a CPA. Huh? I mean, I can be as logical as the next person.
3: Oh. Well, you don't strike me as the accountant type. What are you? Oh, I'm Irish.
2: Well, they're emotional. Why aren't you yelling or crying or something?
3: Oh, I did all of that before in the bathroom. Crying? No, yelling. I didn't hear you. Well, I stuffed a towel in my mouth. I'm sorry. It's all right. No sense crying over spilt milk.
2: Yeah, you're right. We feel so terrible. Because we're two decent, honest people, and this thing is tearing us apart. I mean, I know it wasn't our fault, but I, I keep seeing the faces of my children and the look of betrayal in their eyes. I keep thinking about my marriage vows, the trust my wife has placed in me, and all the experiences we've shared together. And you know the worst part of it all? What? While I'm thinking all this, I have this fantastic heart on I
3: really wish you hadn't said that.
2: I'm sorry. I just think we should be totally honest with each other.
0: (laughs) I mean, There's a few lines like that, which is genuinely funny. And I really love the back and forth dialogue that they have. It's just. It's it's just so strange to me. Even we watch now like they, I mean, I think in the second era when they come back and she's got blonde hair. They go to dinner and they are just so passionate in lust of each other they don't even have dinner they just go straight to have sex Mm -hmm. which that scene is executed really well i can tell that they're i think those two sell that so so well and even though that kind of goes sideways and then alan older leaves because of the guilt but then he comes back you know watching it is a roller coaster and again you're watching it in this you know it's set up as a drama like a stage play you're only in this inn there's only like two or three places they go to but they they carry the movie it's funny it's romantic and by the end you just i, I still can't i still am just in a bit of disbelief that does a does a relationship can two people do this that really love each other forget about the guilt aspect and what they're doing to their partners just stay away from each other for that long. Even mm. in the movie, when you when you act this well, it just makes me confused. Well,
1: and there's that one line that from that clip you just played where Alan Alda says, "I know it's not our fault." Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whose fault is it? How did this happen? Uh, did you trip? I think that's why, to me, I mean, I I can believe that these two people especially during that time. I mean, it was I think it starts in what 52. And Yeah, about that. Uh... Again, like if if he divorced his wife, she takes the kids, he doesn't see them anymore. His job probably fires him. It's a time when him doing that wasn't an option. And so meeting Ellen Burstyn and having this sort of passion and this is something that that's for me and something that I can be, we can be selfish about, and we can have this one weekend where we can kind of be the people that we wish we were. That's all great. I don't know that it's sustainable. I mean, there had to be years where something came up where one of them didn't show up or so it's, yeah, you're right. You, You have to suspend your, your disbelief. You have to kind of say, all right, this is a movie and, we're just going to go along with this, this premise, but it is the Alan Alda has a few moments like Ellen Burstyn seems to be much more comfortable with what they're doing than he does. Yeah. And he has several moments where he says, this is immoral. This is awful. This is, I can't believe we're doing this. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. But at the same time, it's like, you're a little, you're a little bit of a scumbag, man. Yeah. That said, I mean, there again, there's 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 a lot of cracks in this movie, but it is the the performances of both of them, and Alan Alda is such a likable performer that you kind of give him a pass, and you're you go okay, and and especially I mean the uh, the moment when um, he reveals that to her they're having a fight about politics and he reveals to her that his son was killed in vietnam yeah which is my favorite scene in the movie even though i don't like that she's turned into a hippie but you see how he he's able to compartmentalize things and he's able to really uh, he talks about how he hasn't even cried for his son
4: yeah
1: that's that's what this guy is able to do he's able to sort of put his emotions to the side and just sort of blindly move forward. So I can believe that he would year after year after year show up. I can't really believe she would. Mm. I I feel like there'd be things that would come up in her life where she'd just be like, I can't I can't go or maybe this isn't enough for me. Uh I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Um they talk about these big events that happen in their life of my husband had a heart attack or, you know, whatever. They never seem to happen on that weekend. There's never a like, <laughs> I can't make it because of this. They are always able to show up. And, uh, but again, you gotta just gotta, you kind of just gotta go with it.
0: Well, I like the fact the phone rang, his daughter called one time, and when she had her businesses there, her assistant was calling. I know they could have done more to make it realistic. And guys, this thing, I, I am putting it in context. We're, we're talking, you know, 40 years in the future. So again, the movie could be made real so many ways which is my next question james i actually the concept is so hard to swallow i really want to see someone attempt to do it in 2021 i really do because the what this movie shows to me is that the actors can draw you in even in a preposterous situation which is what always draws me into this movie I can complain about the you know the situation their relationship how it's not feasible it doesn't make sense only you know all of that but because you have great actors and they have good dialogue and it's funny you can overlook a hell of a lot which i'm gonna segue into my next clip which i'm really fun i had a lot of fun finding this so i was on youtube and i was trying to look for other reviews, reviews from other critics see and guess who i found james guess who i found surprise me Cisco and Ebert reviewing
1: I was gonna say Cisco and Ebert yeah.
0: yeah reviewing this movie again sometimes you know some YouTubers go back and review old movies but this one I haven't seen anyone talk about it from a modern sensibility like we are so I found it so great to listen to Cisco and Ebert and those who don't know who Cisco and Ebert are they are legendary film critics uh, american film critics to be fair me coming from the uk i didn't really know of them until the 2000s when i became a much more bigger movie buff and then i heard about them and and you know they gave film criticism a whole new well i mean they're adored for their film criticism like the first to do it you know on television properly and now we on youtube there's a whole culture doing that for much more money than they probably did at the time but yeah they're respected they're loved And this is their review of Same Time Next Year, and I would like to hear your thoughts on this, James, if you didn't already listen to it.
3: The next picture doesn't make me feel creepy at all. It's called Same Time Next Year. The story of a couple who make it a point to meet at the same country resort one weekend of every year for 26 years. Now, that sounds innocent and romantic enough, except they aren't married to each other. He's faithful to his wife, she's faithful to her husband, and except for that one weekend every year. The movie's basically just a film version of the hit stage play same time next year, but the play was a good light entertainment with moments of truth and so's the movie. There's a sort of wonderful chemistry that gradually develops between the couple, played by Alan Alda and Ellen Burstyn, but the first time they spend the night together, Alda feels guilty in the morning and tries to silently sneak away. Look, this isn't going to just go away. We have to talk about this. And it doesn't go away, even though they survive some pretty tough times over the next 26 years. The movie shows us five of their weekend meetings, and so we get to watch the characters as they grow and change and develop. Ellen Burstyn, for example, starts out sort of simple and naive, like in that first scene that we saw, but she ripens into a liberated, self-reliant woman. Ellen Alda is a pretty stuffy businessman at the beginning. He survives a phase as an aging hippie in the 1960s, love beads and all. Then he mellows into a pretty nice guy. In fact, they're both pretty nice people by the movie's end, and we've sort of grown up with them, as their experiences over the years maybe reflect some of our own. Well, at the risk of being the stick in the mud, I'm gonna have a couple of objections. Number one, the movie plays itself out all in that
1: same hotel room over their various meetings, and I got tired of the room. You know, I wanted to change for at least another room. Uh, more important though, I think uh, the film for me was very much like a written stage play. It was a stage play, and
3: when they, I hear the scripts where everything is pat and cut and dried and oh so clever, I think, hey, those aren't real people up there. It's just people talking a script. Well, the people that I know, my friends don't talk like that, and that's why I go to the movies. I'd rather pay $4 and get away from the way my friends talk. I think. Well, nothing against my friends, but drama <laughs> heightens language. I mean, you should have witticisms, mannerisms, epigrams, uh, double meanings, uh, great comebacks, and so forth. And well,
4: the that's problem- what you go to a comedy yeah, for,
3: but, isn't but it? See, Not to hear slice-of-life realism.
1: I w- I, you know what happened, though?
3: I didn't believe these
1: people exist. And then they separate uh, every little episode that they get together with scenes from real life, from 67, revolutions, and things like this, 72, 73. And those photos, for me, were much more touching and real than these characters so every time they came back to the characters it sort of got let down I didn't okay then you liked it I loved it all right well I tell you I liked it a little bit more Maybe a lot a bit more than this next
0: picture <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what James you didn't mention your um the uh distaste for the transitions that they mentioned there as well since he actually loved the transitions but yeah what did you think of their little talk there
1: well first of all I always loved the loved when Cisco and Ebert would you know well, I, I I liked it a lot more than the movie we're going to talk about next. I always loved those snarky little segues. <laughs> I mean, I could see both of their points. I mean, we've talked about this with um, another movie. and I can't remember what it, it was off the top of my head, where I said it was, it was very much like a stage play. Stage plays and movies are different things. And oftentimes when you take a, a stage play and you make it into a movie, it doesn't work as well. I would bet that this works better as a play. Yeah. The dialogue is kind of—it's got that stage play feel to it, where it's not really realistic. And I think that's one of the reasons why I just—I I haven't revisited the movie, even though I do enjoy it. It's—it's some—it's—it's it's a little bit like uh, I always think this with with the movies based on anything by Shakespeare. There's some great movies based on Shakespeare plays, but they're never as good as actually going to see. A live performance of it it always feels like something you're supposed to see live and so does this so i get like he's sick of that room and he's sick of uh uh he he feels like they're oh so clever because that's how you write characters in a play yeah i mean I, i i kind of agree with both of them in this one
0: the thing i wanted to take from that conversation was when well, actually, before I get to that, Woody Allen has done a lot of movies which are play like, you know, September is one, even Wonder Wheels, is another where, you know, it feels more like a stage play than an actual movie. And sometimes the drama in the script can elevate the experience, which I really did enjoy. But one thing I'm not sure if it was Cisco or Ebert said that, I can't remember who said that from the clip there. But when they said movies are meant to be funny, they're meant to speak in a certain way. I've had criticisms against that. For Woody Allen movies, for example, when me and you spoke about a rainy day in New York, oh. and you, you know we had Timothy Chalamet, you know doing his Woody Allen impression. Here's the thing: I don't mind when people are giving highfalutin, high vocabulary words, and it seems all fake. Because if the actors can be charming and entertaining, all that can be forgiven. But sometimes it just doesn't come together, and. The scales are just not in balance. so Woody Allen I've you know I've accused Woody Allen of doing that quite a lot that these characters don't feel real even when Woody Allen had that TV series crisis in six scenes where he had these young people spouting out his dialogue you know and you could tell the words of a 21 year old was coming from the mind of a 81 year old man or whatever it didn't work you know sometimes it doesn't sometimes it does but I think this movie is a testament to the fact that actors Can really elevate material that is unbelievable, unreasonable, (laughs) and they can do a lot with one scene. Now, speaking of the scenes in this movie, uh, the inn where they where they filmed this in, I think it's the it's an inn in California. I had this written down. Uh, The Heritage Inn, really popular, was demolished and re um, recommissioned. And I was thinking, if again, as we always do, if Woody Allen had his hands in his film what would he what could he have done to like elevate it the one thing i will say is i think all the external things with the Alan does with music with cinematography would have helped the movie as well but because he's done movies like this aka wonder world september i'm i mean if he goes more of the igmar bergman drum dramatic side as well I don't know how much more he could have elevated this, but I do think it would have been just looking at it from face value. I think it could have been a lot more visually interesting, even for a movie made in the late eighties. I mean, so the late seventies.
1: Well, I'm I'm now imagining exactly what it would be there. Whether he went more comedy or more Ingmar Bergman, it would be Diane Keaton in 1978 Hmm. playing that part. And, if he went more comedic, it would have been him in the Alan Alda part.
4: 100%, yeah.
1: I don't think he would have attempted anything like the son dying in Vietnam. Woody would Woody would never do that scene himself. He would always look for somebody who was a more dramatic actor to do that.
4: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Maybe Alan Alda. Uh, but, yeah, I, I the camera would probably move more uh, there'd be more of a fluidity... And th- this is shot like a stage play. It's a lot of yeah. master shots. The camera doesn't move a lot. It's just sort of... Everything has to be performed in that that single take. Uh, I think Woody would have found a way to to make it uh, visually more interesting.
0: Two questions. Do you think this movie... Or do you even want this movie to be remade? I, I I'm just... Curious to see if someone could take the challenge and execute acting like this. That's my that's my curiosity.
1: Uh, I don't think it could be remade for two reasons. The first is cell phones; they, they'd be texting each other constantly. There's no way that they wouldn't be if it was a, a modern day thing. Mm, I guess. But the other thing is, and this this isn't a criticism of the play so much as um i find it obnoxious that baby boomers are so in love with their past and i've been overhearing about the 1960s since i was a kid where just like yeah we get it you Beatles and you protested shit got it (laughs) that i find obnoxious and i don't think it's anything that a modern filmmaker would do he wouldn't sort of start it in the 1980s and then show this dramatic arc of history up to present day i just don't see somebody doing that it would be very different i just i don't and also people people get divorced now you know it's not <laughs> it's not wow. taboo that's your
0: best argument right there. <laughs> yeah.
1: People will just go, "You know what? I'm not in love with this person. I'm in love with you and I'm going to leave them. And my kids will be fine and everything's okay." Oh.
0: I think you just landed the missile cuz I was thinking debatable, debatable, but then that that last point. I mean, we just a couple of uh months ago we spoke about marriage story, you know? So
1: um, Yeah, and marriage story is I mean, those two people would have stayed together in the 50s and 60s. Uh, and now it's just sort of like I don't know, I'm not really happy And they just break up
0: What if you put it under the guise of Like, and I know this is asking for trouble And guys, this this is why I'm not a writer or director I guess if you framed it under The guise of maybe religious reasons Why people can't get divorced Of a, like a South Asian couple You know, due to religion, they can't really get divorced So they get away That could be something, you know, more racial More... I don't know maybe work with that maybe but even
1: you go to a catholic church half those people are divorced (laughs) so I don't know I don't think I I think that's probably the biggest thing is people are much more uh free to kind of just do what they want and be be happy now and it's not frowned upon yeah um sometimes to I mean like I, I think one of my criticisms about marriage story was I felt like it was very Scarlett Johansson's reasons for wanting to get divorced were very sort of flippant. She was, you know, "Eh, I'm not really happy. I'm not as happy as I could be. So let's get a divorce. Uh, And people do that now. They're just sort of at the drop of a hat. Somebody will get divorced. Um, I don't. Yeah. Now, nowadays I don't think it would work. You'd have to almost do it as a period piece. I think.
0: I think you're right. I think that's why that's why I said you sunk my battleship because yeah I think you're right but as I said in the very beginning this as they've been trying to reboot this movie for a long time or make a new version I'm not sure if it was a period piece or a modernization I'm not sure but I know if you go on IMDB and put in same time next year I was I was following this movie for a good five or six years and I heard some actors oh this actor this actor and they dropped off and at, at, at a certain point in time romantic comedies were in they were just trying to cush them out and if they could remake some they would i actually you know what come to say i don't think i could even think of a good remade romantic comedy and it doesn't matter because anyway we're in the of superhero films so they're bringing in the big bucks the independent movies even rom-coms they have really died out unless i'm mistaken
1: oh this would go straight to netflix there's no way this would play in a theater
0: exactly That's the destiny of a remake of same time next year. So, man, I don't have much more to say. Guys, if you were a little bit disappointed about this month's pick, you are gonna be even more disappointed about next month's pick. (laughs) Because I am taking a deep dive into a movie that once again, this is a drama. In fact, all joking aside, this is a little bit more of a serious drama. Before I reveal what that movie is, did you have any final thoughts on same time next year, James?
1: I think, well, we've been very critical of it, but it's not, it's not criticism like it was for something like um, I Love You Daddy, where it's like, don't watch this movie. It is a good movie. It's elevated by its performances. It's not a great movie. And I think a movie yeah. like this, if, if you want to watch it over and over and over again, it has to be a great movie. And it just doesn't pull that off.
0: Yeah, I feel like I admire the movie for having such a preposterous notion for an idea, but the actor's pulling it off. So I feel like I want someone to take the challenge to take it further and have great actors and make the script believable, which, as you've pointed out, with so many holes, it's probably a massive ask and not realistic in modern times. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But like I, you just I said... Would...
1: Yeah. I, I would be interested if they ever thought about doing, instead of a remake, doing the sequel. Alan Alden and Alan Burstyn are still alive. True. So, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing exactly what happens to those characters. Like I said, it would be massively depressing because one of them would die. Yeah. And that would be how it ended. One of the, I, I, that, that's something I am grateful for with the ending of this movie is it could have very easily ended with one of them shows up, the other one doesn't. They decide to call and kind of covertly try and find out what happens. Oh, uh, he, he passed away. And that could have been how it ended. And it, thankfully, it doesn't end that way, but a sequel would almost have to.
4: Yeah.
0: That's, that's a that's a way Woody Allen could have taken it if he did it a little bit more seriously or another director like um, Richard Linklater maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's definitely food for thought. But yeah, I agree. Same time, it's, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it on a rewatch. That theme song is jarring though. That theme yeah, song.
1: That's the worst jarring. thing about the
0: movie. Yeah, and it's gonna put people off, honestly. But at least it's only played in full at the very beginning. And those transitions, I should say, didn't bother me as much. I just thought they weren't handled very elegantly. It just I, I thought some handled. of the
1: pictures were just kind of silly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I, I, I get showing, oh, here's Kennedy or here's Martin Luther King. I don't get showing like random movies. And it just the, the pictures, some of them felt like a bit silly to be there.
0: Yeah well guys uh, we'll leave it at that for this movie what do you think of this movie still somewhat beloved it did have a lot of Academy Award nominations but only one win for Ellen Burston uh best actor golden Globes so that's good for her but yeah uh next movie is my pick again so James have your pick ready for next time and yeah I'm going um because we're getting to the end of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a little bit of a more of a serious movie of a, a serious route and I'm gonna name the movie and honestly I think like 0.0.1 percent of our audience have seen it or heard of it and I don't think you can even stream it it's a 1997 movie called bliss it stars Cheryl Lee Craig she- Sheffer and the most notable actor is Terence Stamp aka general zod the original general zod
1: yeah i don't know this one
0: so this movie was it's like an erotic drama but i remember watching it in the guise of watching a lot of woody allen movies especially the movies in the 80s where woody allen was in the more dramatic film with mia farrow and i felt like this movie fit in but i guess in the 90s when this movie was made it was seen more as a like an erotic sex movie but I felt like there was a lot of deeper subtext in the movie and as a man as a man i appreciated the core concept and it's about relationships i think it's a it's quite a serious movie and i would love to discuss it with you james so i'm being very selfish here very 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 selfish you guys just might thinking what the fuck is he on about you'll find out on the next episode and if you want to check out bliss you can find on ebay not on streaming couldn't find it even to stream so it's it's it really is a hard one to find but yeah james i will get that to you before we talk about that next month well i'm
1: a big twin peaks fan so seeing something with cheryl lee uh i'm looking forward to that
0: nice thank you james and have your pick ready and uh, when we get to the end of the year we'll make it a little bit more a bit a bit more fluffy i've got some i think i've got a crowd pleaser that i want to go for because if you if i have next month. You have October, the 9th of November and December. Nah, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. We'll see. Anyway guys, um, well sorry James, I didn't even do up proper a sign off. James, if the people want to find you, where can they find and contact you sir? Uh,
1: they can find my books on Amazon and you can always find me at manic-expression.com
0: Thank you James. Those links will be in the description as always. I want to give another shout out to our good old buddy over the Woody Island pages his podcast i believe it just wrapped up season one loved it phenomenal really good he had a re- he actually he actually had a special on woody allen music and i've always wanted to delve deep into that myself but that man's got the research so guys please check that out and i'm always gonna cross promote and in fact we got re- <laughs> actually uh, i can't remember these guys i got reached out by the other woody allen podcast out there the guys that are doing it in japan i believe they actually want to do some kind of collaboration i'm going to give them a shout out in saying that i didn't even get their podcast name i'm going to edit it in here it's the what would he do podcast from hong kong made by william elvin check those guys out i'll put the link to their podcast down below and yeah guys thanks for listening uh thanks for subscribing we'll see you on the next recording guys stay safe